Welcome to the Whole Food Vegan Podcast. Exciting vegan food, no crap, no agenda. Helping you enjoy a wonderfully varied, tasty, easy to prepare and nutritious whole food plant-based diet. Simple tip, easy recipes and helpful hints on how to get more enticing vegan meals into your diet. Usually recorded after a bottle of Merlot on a Friday night. Hello and welcome back again. Uh, I'm Mark. Hi, I'm Steve. Hi, and this uh, this week we've got again a very um, interesting uh, episode for you, and we are going to talk a little bit about uh, tofu, specifically in relation to a T-shirt that I had on. <laughs> we've got uh, on the menu. Uh, we've got uh, black bean sauce, and we'll talk a little bit about flapjacks. Tip of the week: We're going to be talking about uh, going out for dinner. Um, and talking to the chefs Mm -hmm. and recipe of the week is something amazing that we've made which is katsu pumpkin really really good and ingredient of the week is going to be vital wheat gluten which you may know turns into seitan wonderful so you're going to talk about the t-shirt that I was wearing yeah so incidentally we happen to be at a wine tasting as we do and uh, there's always alcohol involved in this podcast somehow we were at this uh, wine uh, tasting and you're wearing your t-shirt that said, I want tofu tonight. And it always stimulates discussion because usually people stand there looking at you for a moment trying to work it out. But uh, they're like, oh, why would you want to eat tofu? And my stock answer to that is because it's so amazing and you can do so much with it. And I think most people, it's a very common thing we get asked, you know, why would you want to eat tofu? It's just slimy yuck. But actually, there's a lot you can do with tofu and it's such a diverse ingredient and it really depends, firstly, kind of where you get it from, which manufacturer you get it from, how you prepare it. It's it's just, you know, it's really versatile. You can use it in sweet and savoury dishes, and we love it. So, yeah, tofu is a really fascinating subject. I think that I've heard people talk about it and say, exactly as you say, it's gloopy and slimy. Mm. So I don't view it as a uh, as a thing that I eat on its own. I view it a little bit like, I know this is vegan podcast, but before I was vegan, egg whites. So I wouldn't look at an egg white and go, oh, yeah, yummy, I'm going to eat that. But it's used within a recipe because it adds certain properties to the recipe. Mm. And when you when you use tofu as an ingredient rather than say, I'm going to eat tofu on its own, mm. I think that's when it comes into its own. Yeah. So as you say, we, we make it, um, we, we use it in stir fries. Uh, I turn it into uh, a smoky sort of a bacon substitute. So if I've got some lettuce and cucumber going, a BLT is amazing with tofu, sliced thinly. I think that's bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, did I say cucumber? Oh, tomato. You know what I mean? I bacon, do. lettuce, and tomato. Cucumber, to- tomato, whatever it is. <laughs> um, so I slice it very thin, and then in a little pot, I put some corn flour, uh, a little bit of nooch, and I've got some spicy smoked paprika. I, ru- I get the, the very thinly sliced tofu, cover it in that mixture, and then fry it. Mm. And it comes out crispy with a smoky, spicy flavour to it. It's mm. amazing. And similarly, you can kind of soak it a little bit in uh, some plant milk of some sort, uh, and then even marinate it as well. But then once you've soaked it in the plant milk just for a couple of seconds, you can then roll it in breadcrumbs or nooch or whatever to make it crispy and fry it that way. That's mm-hmm. really crispy. Mm, and good. we whizzed it up to put into quiches. Yeah, all sorts of things. And you can make scrambled tofu egg, which is really nice. I mean, the, the cheesecake. Little, yeah, cheesecake's fantastic with it. 
there's lots of different things you can do with it. And my advice would be, you know, experiment and don't just try one manufacturer, try lots of different ones. Yeah, that's a good good mm. tip. And it's really good for protein and lots of vitamins like that as well, obviously. So very important part of a vegan diet. Brilliant. So on the menu, we've got this week a couple of things that we've cooked, uh, a black bean sauce, stir fry sauce, and some flapjacks mm. that my kids always called flapperjackers. Mm. So black bean sauce, we both cook it, don't we? Yeah, it's from a recipe in a book that I've got called The Fresh Vegan Kitchen. Um, and it's a really, really nice, simple recipe. And black beans are really good for you. It's got lots of antioxidants in. And the more beans you can get in your diet, the better, really. Um, and it's a really nice kind of equivalent of a perhaps a takeaway dish that you would buy in a yeah. Chinese restaurant. Really easy to make. Lots of spices, but it's not overly spicy. And you can just chuck in any vegetables with that. So it's really, really good. We use that recipe quite a few times, do we? So it's so the the recipe is it's, it says three tablespoons of, of black beans, but I don't go with that. I go with half a tea. Oh, yeah, I was say so I want to get I want to get a decent amount of black beans in this. So it's it's essentially all you do is you fry some garlic, some ginger, some onions, uh, a few chilies, fry them all. Then you chuck into that your, um, uh, this is three tablespoons of black beans, but we use half a tin. You mash them up first. I so mash the black beans up. Throw the black beans into the garlic, ginger and chilies. Add some uh, soy sauce, <laughs> a little bit of sugar, some rice vinegar. Um, if you've got some um, red pepper sauce, chuck some of that in. Or sriracha. And, or sriracha would mm. work really well. Then... Um, uh, half a cup of uh, vegetable stock and bring it all to uh, a boil cook it for a little bit cook it down a little bit and then just before you're ready to use it just take a little bit uh, or a, a teaspoon and a half of cornstarch dissolved in some water chuck that in and it thickens the sauce up and then we then stir fry the vegetables mm. and throw the sauce onto the vegetables yeah yeah it's and it's good. again you see these black bean sauces in the shops and I remember we were away one one year oh yeah we were we, in London we? we were in London and we we were staying in an Airbnb and we didn't have all the ingredients with us and we just bought a black bean sauce and it was absolutely disgusting we couldn't the eat it salt it was oh, so salty yeah. so making it like this is so much uh, so much healthier because we haven't got all the salt in it that the uh, that the tins have and no kind of preservatives no nothing flavorings and stuff it's just all natural stuff it's amazing so really give that get, give the recipe a go and i'll again i'll put a link to it in the show notes mm. the other thing that we've got on the menu is flapjacks you, you make them as well. Yeah, we kind of make them differently. I've just got a really basic recipe from a three-ingredient cookbook. So basically margarine, oats, syrup, and sugar, I think. Um, yeah, I know that's four ingredients, but yeah, really basic. And I kind of adjust the recipe according to what needs using up, like nuts or you know fruit or anything. Yeah, I did exactly the same. So I looked up a recipe. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the recipe in detail here, but I looked up <laughs> a recipe online and just veganized it so yeah. it talked about butter so i just used a vegan spread mm. um as you say golden syrup and we use coconut sugar and then crush up whatever nuts you've got so i had some walnuts i chucked some of those in and away you go so flapjacks really are really simple. good really quick quick and simple and really good for obviously you know high energy high carbohydrate um and lots of sugar as well but yeah a treat like that is, is good for you once in a while it's not harmful very good mm. Yeah. Okay. So the tip of the week this week, we're going to talk about um, going out for dinner with people who perhaps are not vegan or following a vegan diet. 
um, and going to restaurants and, you know, what's on the menu, really. So this is based on an experience that you've had this week recently. It was, yes. So mm. we've got some friends of ours that were going to go out for Christmas dinner and a the table was booked and I thought, well, I'll, I'll contact the restaurant because they said they had plant-based food. They didn't say vegan. They specifically said plant-based on the menu. So I contacted them and said, your plant-based food, is it all vegan? Is it completely cooked in a vegan environment? Um, and I was specifically thinking about frying, deep frying stuff, which often gets, uh, the vegan food gets there fried in a, in a fryer that's had fish in it. So that's what I wanted to avoid. And the person answering or responding to the email just came back to me and said, no, we're really sorry. We've got a piece of equipment that's broken down this week and we can't guarantee that our food is vegan. Or, uh, yeah, I can't guarantee it, it's vegan. And I, and I just thought, oh, okay. And it, the interesting thing is, this is not just an average restaurant. This is a high quality, top end, you know, well rated restaurant. It is. And really, they should be making a real effort anyway. But the fact that they're a high class, you know, charging a lot of money. Which is why I got back to them and said, uh, on second thoughts, I'm not accepting this. Please, can I talk to the chef? And they arranged a phone call. The chef phoned me. And he was absolutely brilliant. Mm. He he just he basically said to me, "Yes, of course I can do it. I'm a chef." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got ingredients. We have uh, vegetables um, and ingredients <laughs> in the kitchen. When you turn up, just let your waitress or waiter know, and I'll cook you something. It's absolutely not a problem. And I th th the real lesson there is, don't don't take the first response if mm. they say no. Talk to the chef, mm. and a, a chef is a chef, and they can cook. Yeah, and I've had similar experiences where I've uh, rung up to check that there are vegan options on a Indian restaurant menu, and you know Indian people predominantly eat a vegetable diet. It's not difficult. Um, and the chef said, "Oh yeah, we've got a vegetarian and vegan menu, and uh, you can't have the I don't know what's the paneer. No paneer." He said, oh, the paneer dish isn't on the menu, so you can't have that. I was like, but I'm vegan. I wouldn't be eating it anyway. And he's like, but it's cheese. I'm like, yes, I'm eating a vegan diet. <laughs> and they just didn't get it. But, you know, ironically, most Indian staple foods, most foods over there, they're based on vegetable dishes because people are, you know, considerably poor and they don't have access to meat. So, you know, again, it's just that thing about the message you're getting from the person you speak to isn't necessarily the person who's cooking your food. And it's always better, in my experience, to speak direct to the chef because actually they quite like the challenge of doing something different. Yeah. And they actually welcome the opportunity to use their skills. So absolutely, as you said, talking to the chef is probably... And I, I also remember I stayed in a hotel. I went on a dance weekend and we were there for three nights and there was nothing on the menu. And when I got there, I said to them, I'm vegan, what can you do? And again, they said, no problem, we'll get the chef out. Mm -hmm. And the chef just came out and he said, right, what I'll do is I'll meet he meet you here at 10 a.m. every morning and I'll tell you what, what veg we've got in and we'll discuss it and I'll work out what I can cook. Yeah. And so when you talk to the chefs, it's brilliant. And I think that is our tip of the week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Talk to the chef. Talk to the chef. And, you know, if you are really following a vegan diet because you're allergic to milk or anything, and then that's a different matter entirely. You know, you can't afford to be sort of compromised and probably the chances are you're better off just going to a vegan restaurant. But if you haven't got the choice, you know, you can't always choose, especially if it's someone's birthday or someone's taking you out for dinner. Mm. It, it's just worth having a conversation with that restaurant in advance before you get there. Saves a lot of embarrassment as well. So our recipe of the week is a uh, katsu pumpkin 
dish that mm, we made. This was amazing. It was. This is from uh, a brilliant book called Jackfruit and Blue Ginger by Sasha Gill. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Mm. And specifically, it's on page 192. Mm. And it's a pumpkin katsu don. And you, it can either be made with pumpkin, but we made it because we made it with, because we had butternut squash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's it's essentially um, an, an onion dashy broth. So a dashi is made by soaking um, uh, the, what are those really strong? Oh, the porcini mushrooms. Porcini mushrooms. Um, so you soak the mushrooms, so they're dried, you soak them, and the dashi is made from the liquid um, of the mushrooms. Mm. So you soak the mushrooms and you put in some um, sushi nuri, so put some of the nuri in as well, and that's what the dashi is made from. So this is essentially, it's a... It's a little bit soupy, mm. so it was quite it was quite runny. So there was a really nice thick, heavy broth, an onion broth, and on top of it was this cutlet, really a cutlet, a pumpkin cutlet, and it's essentially the the it was was it roasted? Uh, no, we steamed it. Steamed we, it. I think we steamed the the pumpkin, then we mashed it. Um, and basically formed it into little cutlets, <clears throat> and they were very very soggy. I was thinking this is never going to work because it was mixed with a bit of flour, so it's yeah. got some flour, some white sugar, yeah. uh, sweet corn in it. Mm. Yeah, the sweet corn gives a really nice crunch, actually. So you kind of make these cutlets out of this mashed pumpkin, and then you freeze it, and you basically freeze it in cutlet shapes for ten, fifteen minutes to cool it down and make it a bit harder, and then you uh, dip it into soy milk, and then you cover it in breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think was there something else in the breadcrumbs? It was panko breadcrumbs, flour, turmeric, soy sauce. No, soy milk. Oh, sorry, soy milk. So you just basically dip the cutlet into these breadcrumbs. Um, and then I think we put it in the oven, didn't we? Is it in the oven? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we put it in the oven and just cooked it. And then by the time that the cutlets were cooked and crispy on the outside, nice and squidgy and soft in the middle, we had the broth all made up and then we stirred in some noodles, I think, believe. Yeah, we yeah. did. We had noodles. So our our tip from this is uh, we we to in order to form the cutlets we ran the um, butternut squash underwater to cool it down so that we could touch it and I think that was a mis- mistake because mm. it left it left it let it go uh, soggy mm. so what we would do in future is just let the butternut squash or the pumpkin steam off. And in the process of doing that, it would dry out. And I think the mixture would then be much drier and it yeah. wouldn't be so soggy. And it would be easier to make into the cutlets because mm. they were a bit difficult to handle. They were, they? but luckily we had the foresight to put it on a sheet of greaseproof paper. So we could actually lift up the paper and turn them that way. So that was quite handy. So we've done this enough times with other things to know that, you know, cover all, all your eventuality yeah like falling yeah. apart because there's nothing worse <laughs> but this was just a fantastic texture this recipe so you had the soup with the noodles and then you had the crispy pumpkin on top and it had like crunchy sweet corners so it was lots of flavors lots of textures and i think this asian cookbook that we're talking about has got so many good recipes in and generally asian food is just a real delight of the senses isn't it it's the taste the texture the flavor the smell and it's fun to cook, you know. It was actually quite easy. It was, a bit it, it was, it was, it was very easy. It was only fiddly, I think, because we, we yeah, because we were struggling with it because yeah, it was a bit yeah, sloppy. Yeah. So if we just let the pumpkin dry out next mm. time, it will be, it will be fine. So that is a really, a really yeah. nice recipe. Um, 
this pumpkin katsu don mm. by Sasha Gill in jackfruit and blue ginger which that is a incredible. fantastic book in its own right and she's actually a medical student as well so again you know when you can start getting these cookbooks written vegan cookbooks written by medical people it makes you kind of wonder you've got all these doctors doing these amazing um you know podcasts and things about how good a vegan diet is not necessarily that they are vegan but they want to encourage people to eat more vegetables it makes you wonder go out and buy it that's mm. that is a that is a great book so, ingredient of the week this week is vital wheat gluten. So, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, Mark, that's your forte. Tell us about seitan and vital wheat gluten. Vital wheat gluten um, is it's it's pure gluten. So, if you're on a gluten-free diet, it is not for you. No. So, it's pure gluten, uh, which is the protein element of flour. So, it is possible to make it at home. Um, I, I've, I've never actually made it, but it's something along the lines of if you make up a dough and then you rinse and rinse and rinse and keep rinsing the dough underwater, that's how it was classically made until everything is gone and all you're left with is the gluten. However, I buy it because it's much easier. Mm. And it looks, it looks like flour. So, it comes as a powder. You can buy it in health food shops or you can buy it online. And, it makes uh, recipes, it gives a very meaty texture. So I just wanted to talk about two different ways that I've used, well actually three different ways that I've used it. And the first way is uh, by Lauren Toyota and this book is called Vegan Comfort Classics. And she's got a blog called Hot for Food as well. Has she? Mm -hmm. And she makes it, this, so this is the simplest recipe and I use a um, bread machine. So I literally take all of the ingredients, which is the gluten, nutritional yeast. So check out one of our previous podcasts. We've talked lots about nutritional yeast. And then there is a whole load of herbs and spices. So garlic powder, thyme, oregano, basil, uh, mustard seed, pepper, some um, uh, stock cubes. And all of that gets thrown into a bread machine. That's how I do it because it just makes it easier with some um, vegetable oil, soy sauce, tomato puree, cider, uh, ap um, uh, apple cider vinegar and water. It's all mixed up and it, it goes a really <laughs> strange texture. It's very strange. It's very slimy, but it all sticks together. And once you've created this sort of slimy, it's it's weird. I wouldn't call it yeah. a dough. It's not a dough. It's sort of a slimy, holy mixture. You then wrap it in tin foil in a big sausage and you bake it in the oven. And once it's been baked in the oven, so it bakes for an hour and a half, wrapped in this tin foil. It's got to be completely wrapped, completely sealed. When it comes out, it comes out and, and it looks like the meat that you can slice from the in a kebab shop. It yeah, looks yeah. like that. Yeah, and you can slice it thinly as a sandwich filler. You can slice it thinly to have as in a sort of kind of a roast dinner, like a sort of a sliced beef thing. I've cubed it and used it in different recipes when we've had non-vegan friends come over because it's very meaty and chewy and it's amazing that is the easiest recipe to to follow i also have made a quarter pound of burgers with it and um chicken style nuggets and that is taken from gaz oakley's uh, vegan 100 he his recipe is a little bit more complex but essentially what you do with his 
is you take all of the wet ingredients and the dry ingredients and again the dry ingredients is the seitan he put some chickpea flour in it as well nutritional yeast because you can't have a vegan recipe without nutritional <laughs> yeast and then the wet ingredients very similar he's got some marmite in there some brown miso some herbs and spices some uh, porcini mushrooms and vegetable stock and what he does is he makes it up in his much is much more dough like so it goes like a dough you make the dough small and then you also make then a broth so it's a vegetable broth again with onions garlic rosemary mushrooms miso paste and you boil these little burgers in a broth and when you boil them they get bigger and bigger and bigger and that's when the burger comes out and he does it a very similar technique but without the brown miso to make a chicken so they come out mm. white mm. and again you with the chicken you you make these big kind of doughy balls really and then rip it up and then you can once it's ripped up you can coat it in breadcrumbs and deep fry it and it's got a very uh, meaty texture it pulls apart when you pull it apart it even pulls apart with the meaty texture the burgers are great because you can make the burgers in advance you can freeze them and then they will go on a barbecue and they won't fall apart they stick together and they make amazing burgers mm. it's it's really good and again because i'm a bit funny like that i don't really enjoy eating seitan because it's a bit too meat like and i don't like the texture of meat but i can really appreciate that for some people that's kind of what they're trying to replicate and you know in that instance it's a good idea yeah it, it is <laughs> especially if you're having non-vegan friends over and i don't make it very often because i don't really want to eat that amount of additional gluten mm. but it's incredibly high in protein i think it's about 85 percent or 80 percent protein mm. it's really high in protein mm. and as, as a treat every now and then it's uh <laughs> it's really good and it also holds its texture really well in broths and things it, it does yeah it does so when you're cooking it in a stew or something like that, it's not going to fall apart no. like some things do. So, no. yeah, has its uses, definitely. Okay, cool. So that's the end of our podcast this week. We're going to look next week at a variety of different things, including beetroot and coconut curry, because it's beetroot season. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about soup and Buddha bowls. So if you don't know what a Buddha bowl is, tune in next week and find out. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, our tip of the week is going to be talking about looking at labels and purchasing food I know we don't talk a lot about buying prepackaged food but inevitably we do sometimes that's mm. the way it is mm. um, so we're going to look about, about looking at reading labels for accidentally vegan and our ingredient of the week next week is going to be bouillon mm, which is equally very useful much in the same vein as nutritional yeast it kind of gets thrown in everything doesn't it it does yeah okay so we'll have a look at the statistics next week as well and see who's listening from around the country or around the world and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week and hopefully i'll be 100 percent germ and cough free next week so apologies <laughs> for coughing throughout that podcast take care see you soon bye. bye thank you for listening and if you have enjoyed this podcast please remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from if you'd like to be featured on the show or to send us any comments, please email behealthy at govegan.online. See you soon. <laughs>